Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is an ABC podcast. You're listening to the Out of Sanctum podcast. Here is a moment in time in the history of the AFL. In from the side, Houghton. She was surrounded by blue jumpers. The Eagles are ready to stretch their wings. They're painting the lines on the ground at Moorabbin. The sons now have daughters and the tigresses are about to be let out of the cage. We are on the eve of AFLW Season 4. History will be made in just six sleeps. It's a new dawn, it's a new day and I'm feeling good. to the Outer Sanctum for another year. We are so excited to be back in our fifth season and just like the AFLW competition, we're adding four new voices to our lineup this year. We're so excited to be here on Saturdays. We will, of course, be celebrating all the games, the players and interrogating all the aspects of footy that we always do. I am your host, Emma Race, and I am joined, as always, by my football-loving lady friends. I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Morning everyone, I'm Nicole Hayes. Morning everyone, I'm Kate Sear. And I'm Tess Armstrong. <laughs> Introducing the newest voice, one of the newest <laughs> voices to the Outer Sanctum. She has a foghorn booming <laughs> voice that only Collingwood's Shani Layton could compete with. I'm going to, uh, to set the scene, I think it's best that you give me your football credentials. Dr. Kate Sear, we'll start with you. Oh, I don't know if I have any really, but um, so my for for the listeners who haven't met me before, I'm a lawyer by background and I'm a law academic with a background in sociology as well. Uh, I like to think that I coined AFLM, and you will hear it a lot on this show. <laughs> so uh, that's what we call the AFL men's competition. And I'm a Hawthorne supporter in the AFLM. I'm an Adelaide supporter in the AFLW, and I have a dog named Cyril Rioli who'll be listening at home. <laughs> Nicole Hayes, I am um, my greatest claim to fame is that I spent most of my teenage in the Hawthorne Cheer Squad, which no one ever lets me live down. Um, but I also write a bit about footy and write about other things, and but mostly that's writing a sentence and then crossing it out again. But You are an author of many books <laughs> and many that have been influenced by football. And Tess Armstrong, give us your footy cred. I, I'm what would be called a footy brat. I grew up in football clubs. My dad worked and played for St Kilda, worked at a couple of footy clubs, including Richmond, where my heart lies, despite the fact that my family are saints. Very controversial. I am a radio producer for ABC Radio Melbourne. A lot of people listen to The Drive Show. I do a bit of work on that. And I'm a long-suffering law student. And no longer suffering, Tiger, because we're good now. So yes. you. <laughs> You're the tall poppy we're here to knock down. I'm um, the number one ticket holder at the Hawthorne Football Club and I played a total of three games in my footballing career, so nothing to speak of there. <laughs> On today's show, we are going to be celebrating the four new teams who are preparing the quill to etch their new history into footy folklore next week. We're going to be chatting with the head of Richmond's female program, footy program, I should say, um, Kate Sheehan, St Kilda Coach. Peter Searle will be here. We'll also be speaking to Michelle Cowan, who is part of the coaching team at the West Coast Eagles. And we're going to catch up with Fiona McClarty, who is the head of women's football at the Gold Coast Suns. There must be so many excited (laughs) AFLW fans, not just for people whose teams have been playing in the competition, but people whose teams are about to enter the competition. Now, before we move on, there are a few, we need to get to the cheat sheet of Mm -hmm. AFLW season four, because it is an ever evolving competition. What are the things that you think are really important for people to know going into season four, Nicole? Well, I think, Em, the most important thing right now is we've got four new teams. We've got the Tigers, West Coast, Gold Coast and the Saints, um, plus about 120 new players. So that's a big one. That is really big. What about you, Tess? Razor Ray is coming to the AFLW. <laughs> so <they're, laughs> We'll talk a bit about this later, but the AFL umpires are coming to finally, and as they should, 
umpire the AFLW game. So I'm looking forward to that. It's actually a really interesting part yes. of the story and potentially something that came out of the CBA, which yes. hopefully we'll get time to talk mm. about today. For me, the big ticket items are that Daisy is back after mm-hmm. having twins. She's back <laughs> captaining Melbourne. Um, and overnight we've had some terrible news that All-Australian and Geelong vice-captain Meg McDonald will miss half the season, being four games, with a broken finger that she's had surgery on, I think. And um, that is just scathing. There are some injuries that we do need to discuss and talk about throughout the show. But, Kate Sear, what's caught your eye as the most important thing for the cheat sheet? Well, I think the thing our listeners need to know is that the AFLW season will be using the conference system again this year. So we <laughs> u- they introduced conferences last year. It's not in the AFLM. Uh, so it's a bit different. The team is a, uh, the competition's essentially divided into two groups, conferences A and B. But um, this year's conference system, the makeup is different. So it's not the same teams as in A and B last year, which makes it really difficult to remember <laughs> who's in which conference and how does that uh, shape the draw. N- Nicole, have you been? Well, when I am stuck for anything, I tend to go to CJ. No, David, the president was very clear about that. Mark, then Katie. Mark, Katie, Jesse, Phil, Steve, Betsy, Julie, Julie, Julia, Kevin, Paul, Tom, Sandra, Suzanne, Mike, Danny, Elizabeth. 18th seat. 18, you can vote. Vote sounds like moat, which is a trench, Trent. <laughs> So that's how CJ remembers names in the West Wing. So we're working out ways that we can remember which teams are in which conference. We came up with a mnemonic last year. It was good last year. It was easy. That was simpler times. Look, 10 is a lot easier than 14. Hello. I am going to remind you that we had conference B had B for Bollingwood in it because we were really stuck for ways that you can remember. The best slash worst that I could come up with was the conference A is cats, crows, kangas and other things. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I, we that need, doesn't we need help us much. No. That doesn't help us much. I really struggled last night. I sat down. I had the record out. I was trying to come up with some cool stuff. At one point, I was like, you've got a Clark coaching Adelaide. You've got a Clark playing for North Mel. It just got out of control. So I've tried to go for Conference A has an E theme. Erin is the captain of Adelaide. Emma is the captain of North Melbourne. The Eva, Alicia Eva, captain of GWS. Brisbane, Emma, Zilke, captain. So I thought this was going well. Gold Coast, Tiana Ernst plays for them. That starts with E. Uh, Richmond, KT Brennan, thoughts? And Geelong, I couldn't come up with anything, but it was except for Mel Hickey. But Eureka is a good nightclub in Geelong. So we used to go there a fair bit. So I thought maybe that would work. So Conference A is brought to you by the letter E. e. <laughs> Nicole, did you have any quick draw ways to remember who's in each conference? Oh, quick draw, not really. I tried to do the rhyming, like the the making a sentence out of it, and it's completely nonsensical, but this is, I went with the A animal theme, so they're mm-hmm. core northern gods, giant bears, sul- golden suns and tigers. There's actually all the teams there, just trust me on that. <laughs> and the, the, well, le- the B for brain. So did you get it? The core cores are crows. I got it. <laughs> I got it. It's, I don't think it's going to work for me, I'm not but sure it's I will. Helping. But this is a good fast. This is a fast thing that I did work out that all of the cats, the big ones and the little ones, are all in conference there A. You go. Mm, okay, yep. that's animal theme A. Yeah, I went online. There's, if you go online, you can, there's a website that's a mnemonic generator. So you put in all the things that you want to remember, and then you press generate, and it comes up with a nonsensical sentence that helps you remember it. It's good so for us. I put in all of the teams in conference A. And what I should tell you is that all, of all the teams in Conference A, um, Adelaide's in A, which which means that's the way to remember it. Adelaide is in Conference A. <laughs> um, and none of the first letters of any of the teams in Conference A overlap with Conference B. So Except I put for in, Brisbane? No. Ah. Oh. No. Uh, no. No. <laughs> But, but no. just go with me, go with me. So I put in the I put in the names of all of the teams in Conference A. I pressed generate, and this is the sentence it gave me: Androids nurtured giraffes gently, but geckos caressed rigorously. And if you take the first letter of each of those words, those are your teams: Adelaide North, Geelong, GWS, Brisbane, Gold Coast, and Richmond. There's I think it's easy. Got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way. We would love to hear from you if you do have a suggestion. Make sure you text us on zero four three seven 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 four seven seven four, or you can call us on one three hundred triple two seven seven four. Some people have sent through messages. This is an interesting one. I was in a bit of a quandary. I'm a loyal Saints supporter, but I picked Melbourne as my AFLW 
team and um, as the Saints weren't in the league yet. And now uh, do I have to stick with Melbourne because switching is uh, switching your su- support is disloyal? I would like to discuss this because yes. Richmond, my beloved Tigers, haven't been in the competition yet. Originally, I took on the dogs because I liked the dogs. I liked Ali Blackburn, so I thought that'll do. And then Geelong came into the competition. I grew up in Geelong. I thought, this is it. My niece loves Mel Hickey, loves the cats, really into footy now. And I thought, that's that's lovely. And then the Tigers come come along and I think, oh, I can't barrack for them. I can't be one-eyed. Turns out I can. So I'm now, <laughs> I've ditched everyone else and I'm, a, I'm, I'm on board, but sorry, everyone else. I'm Darcy Vessio and you're listening to the Outer Sanctum Podcast. Welcome back to the Outer Sanctum. Well, when the Tigers run out onto Princess Park against their <laughs> traditional rivals, Carlton, next Friday night, history will be made. This powerhouse club is coming off the back of a premiership win for the men's team and they boast 100,000 very loud and parochial members. Our first guest is the head of women's football at Richmond. How on earth does she prepare her team for a moment like this? Let's find out. Welcome, Kate Sheehan, to the Outer Sanctum. Thank you, girls. Thanks for having me. It's my debut here. Well, we're very oh. pleased to have you. That is remiss of us. No, not at all. You've had much better uh, quality Richmond people than <laughs> no, me on this show. Not. Peggy, so. Sabs, <laughs> Rana. They're not here, Kate. They're nothing on you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kate, this is, I mean, I want to call it a week off, but as you said before, the, to me there is no week off in football. How do you spend this week? Um, well, so we had our last session last night in the pre-season phase um, and it was a it was a tough session in like 40-something degree heat mm. um, and there was emails going around the club. So Brendan sent an email around to all staff yesterday or Thursday night saying, due to heat conditions, you know, anyone can work from home, you know, do what you got to do. And then the women's program are there slogging it out oh. in the 40 degree. And some of the other stuff are there. But it's just ironic, like mm. that women's footy is a summer sport, not a winter sport. So mm. everyone's got to get their head around that. Weather does play a huge part in the AFLW competition. We've seen that GWS um, at their home games has often been disruptions with light, yeah. and thunder, and, and now the heat and the bushfires have affected the smoke, the smoke and the air quality. Um, is that something that falls under performance or coaching or how do you how do you manage it? Yeah, medical and performance. Um, we had a meeting with the AFL or either before Christmas or slightly after Christmas around, oh, well, it would have been actually after Christmas, around the bushfires and around the smoke and how are they going to measure whether it's safe for the athletes to participate. Um, so the AFL have, have come up with a a theory, I suspect, that um, brings in many factors around whether it's safe. But the, the, the tricky part about that is you can't have – one size fits all because it's location based. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of things like we had a, we had one of our girls have an asthma attack, um, on the Saturday when all the sort of bushfires, I think it was maybe the first or second Saturday back mm. after Christmas. And you just don't know, like we weren't in a position to call it off because it wasn't bad enough for us. But, you know, 10 k's down the road at Carlton, they couldn't train because of the smoke haze. So, um, yeah, it's hard. I don't think they're going to be calling games off due to heat. There's just rules that will come into play to allow the girls to have a bit more time and all of that sort of stuff. So it's a, it's a tricky one. Well, it obviously has been a disrupted uh, build up in a, in a way because of those factors, Kate. But I imagine it's also been a really exciting build up because, as Emma says, this is the first ever uh, season for a Richmond female team, women's team. What is the mood like in the club, and and how are you, you know, are you trying to sort of build off, leverage off the excitement that's around the club as you as you come into next week? Yeah, it's um. It's different in different parts of the club. So the girls, they're, they're nervous. They're nervous. They're excited. They're a bit apprehensive. You know, we've got a, a list of 30 where only 11 have had AFLW experience. So there's a lot of unknown in, um, what's that, 20? How many other players? Like, um, 19, 19. 19. 19. <laughs> You're all academics. I'm just sports related. So none of us are mathematicians. <laughs> I can guarantee you that. <laughs> so that you know, there's nervous anxiety, but excitement. Like they're they're really pumped about it. Um, and then you've got the the administration component that they've never done this before either, and it's a very different beast to men's football. So they're having to set the ground up. We're going to Icon. We don't know how many people are going to come. We hope that it becomes a Richmond cauldron. 
children. I mean, that's essentially the um, the wording that the club and I think the AFL. I read something um, Lauren Wood wrote around how they want to create a cauldron light atmosphere, and we essentially want Icon Park or Princess Park to turn into yellow and black. Um, so there's there's so many moving parts to this beast, and I'll call it a beast because it is in a in a good way that you you can't factor in. So nerves and excitement. I the overriding feeling for me is excitement. Tom Hunter, our coach, and I have been at the club for two and a half years and and we've been building for this. So um, we sort of feel like so many things have happened in that time that you just move on to the next thing and you move on to the next thing. And, and we had a, a chat recently about, hey, this is, this is the best time of our life and it's the best time of other people's lives, the 30 players, all the staff who have sacrificed so many hours of their lives with their full-time jobs and their families, that let's enjoy this because this will never come again for us. We're never going to debut again. And no matter what happens, no matter what the outcome is, let's have some fun. I'm so excited for Friday night. Can I just say as well, Carlton can try all their luck. I'm pretty loud. I reckon I've got us covered on Friday night at the Cauldron. Um, now, I you spoke about the 11, you know, that have had AFLW experience, but there's a few superstars in that na- in that list, including yeah. Katie Brennan and Sabrina, who's a friend of the show, yeah. and Mon Conti, which we got the great news this week that she's going to play her games with the AFLW. Can you yeah. explain to people her background and what choice she had to make? Yeah, so Mon's a dual sport athlete. She's been playing basketball with the Melbourne Boomers. Um, she's currently, well, she's... She was three years into a four-year deal and she signed with the Boomers as a 16-year-old, which is phenomenal in itself. Um, throughout that period, she was also playing footy. She was a Calder Cannons um, graduate and then um, went to the Western Bulldogs where she was incredibly successful in her you know, early years. You know, she, won the, yep. she won the medal in the grand final and she was their best and fairest last year. Um, she came to Richmond in the third year of her Boomers contract and uh, Boomers have a bye round one of our game. And so they were trying to discuss whether she could play, be available for that game. And unfortunately it just didn't work out that she mm. could be available for Richmond playing for the Boomers. Um, and it was a really difficult time for Mon because she loves basketball. Like basketball, mm. I, I don't want to say it's her first passion, it's her first love, but she's dedicated a huge portion of her life as a young person towards um, basketball because she does really love it and she loves footy too. Um, but it's it was difficult because Boom's going into a final series. Richmond's about to embark on this, you know, um, first game, big moment and essentially she wanted the best of both worlds. And unfortunately for Mon, it just didn't play out that she got that. Um, so she's going to be available for us, which as a football club, we, we are more than happy with. <laughs> like she's, she's such a exciting talent. Um, she, she hasn't been able to train much with our group because of her commitments with Boomers. And I think she did a, a full ground drill maybe, I don't know, 10 days ago. And one of our um, assistant coaches, Sam Shaw, who hasn't played at the Adelaide Crows for seven years, so he knows footy pretty well. He can't, he, we're in a meeting and he goes, holy moly, I did not know how good she was. She <laughs> oh, was a wow. jet. And she just did something simple, like got the ball in, you know, full back and pretty much had the ball in full forward. So, you know, that's <laughs> not a normal thing for a player to do. <laughs> she does some exciting stuff. Speaking of exciting stuff, what about some of the young players? Is there anyone we should keep an eye out for? Yeah, uh, Laura McClellan, who we drafted um, just recently, she's a, a super talent. She jumps on people's heads. She's got <laughs> this ag- like natural aggression at the, at the contest. She's brave. She's strong. Um, she's, she's a, she's not a dual sport athlete, but she had a really big background in volleyball. Um, and she's, she was a shy retiring type. And then she's just loving her footy and, and smiles all the time. And her mum said to us at the season launch the other day, she goes, Laura hasn't always loved training, but now she loves training. (laughs) So I saw that as a bit of a compliment that we were ticking a few boxes with Laura. So she's going really, really well. We are speaking with Kate Sheehan, the AFLW Operations Manager at the Richmond Football Club. We saw overnight, Kate, that Meg McDonald's been ruled out um, for the four weeks, they're saying, from um, playing for Geelong uh, with a broken finger. How frustrating is it with this short season when an injury can take you out for half the season because it's four weeks on the sidelines? We know that you had an epic injury in (laughs) season one. Um, How do you manage that? Uh, It's it's a challenge to put this um, sort of calmness into the playing group that, you know, you've got to – 
you got to do everything right. Don't push too hard or you push yourself into an injury. Um, but there's there, look, I'm not going to lie. There is a definitely a feeling amongst the, the playing group and the staff and maybe the competition as a whole that it's just, it's too jam packed. It's too tight. The preseason's too small. The season's too small. There's no, um, calmness which doesn't allow players to mentally be calm about what they're doing and then that plays out into staff as well like we've got a couple of girls who are going to miss round one through injury and and they're devastated by that and the messaging has to be hey it's not just about round one it's a whole season and your opportunity will come and you just have to be patient and you have to do all the right things and and you'll get there and then got home from training last night and saw that Meg had hurt her hand. And it's, it is devastating for the competition when there's, when the stars are out because she's an excellent player for Geelong. I mean, she was their best and fairest winner and she really is the, the linchpin of that back line. So, um, I sort of did uh, the maths with when we play Geelong and we play them in round four. Um, <laughs> you have to know your position. <laughs> so I hope you get better quickly, Meg, but for round five. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Now, Kate, before we let you go and actually enjoy your last weekend before you play, you've been around this competition since it began as a player, as a commentator and now involved in a club. How are you feeling about women's footy and where it's, where it's at and where it's going? I'm really excited about it. Um, it's growing. It's um, it's getting bigger and better. I think the announcement um, during the week by the AFL that BHP are coming on board to support the industry is um, just another step in the right direction. Um, I think it's going to take some time and we all just need to be patient mm. that, um, you know, this is a – this has probably moved a hell of a lot faster than everyone expected. <laughs> and with the acceleration of that, there's going to be some things that we don't get right. And that's going to happen at Clubland. That's going to happen at AFL House. Um, so we all just need to be really um, careful with each other. I think that's the word I want to use because it it's – it's a fast and furious competition in nature with how many rounds and preseason, mm. but it's also fast and furious in expectation. And um, we all need to look after each other in this, you know, evolving beast because it's excellent. But if we go too fast too soon, we're going to make some mistakes and we don't want to make monumental mistakes that mm. will set us back. Yep. So, Kate, next weekend, uh, next Friday night, 7.45, I think mm, is It is 7.45. 7.45 at Princess Park. Crosstown rivals with a huge history, yeah. with massive supporter bases. Yeah. Should we go there now, straight after the show, <laughs> to make sure we get a seat? Well, my understanding is that gates don't open until 6pm, so you'll be waiting a long time. Um, and I think rain's coming, so don't do it today. But, uh, you know, I essentially from a Richmond Football Club perspective, we want anyone who has any love or interest in the Richmond Football Club or women's football for that matter to get down to Icon Park on Friday night. We we want it to be jam-packed. We want it to be yellow and black all across the Oval and our girls are excited. Our staff and club are excited about this. We've been waiting for a really long time and um, for us to be able to roll this out for people like Peggy and and the women who have been behind the scenes for a really long time pushing this forward. It's It's for me, it's it's the night for the board members like Henrietta and Kerry Ryan and Tina who have just loved this football club for so long and they didn't get to pull that jumper on but they're going, because of their decisions at board level, now 30 young girls are going to get to pull the Richmond jumper on and that's what matters to us. You are the kings and queens of all the fields down at Tigerland. We cannot wait to be there to hear the roar. Thank you so much for joining us today on your one morning off, <laughs> Kate Sheehan, and we wish you all the very best of luck next Friday night as you take on the Blues. Thanks, girls, and good luck for the rest of your season. I'm Lauren Rosali, and you're listening to The Outer Sanctum. You are listening to The Outer Sanctum, and we are so thrilled to be back. Kate Sheehan was just such a delight. You can feel the excitement um, brewing for Richmond supporters. For I mean, Tess Armstrong, our very own Tess Armstrong, is just champing at the bit. What's the moment are you looking forward most to? Katie Brennan has been an extraordinary captain. She's been selected for the Bulldogs, and she's been selected to be the captain for Richmond. Yes. Were you happy with that decision, Tess? Thrilled with that decision. Someone with, like, real leadership skills, she's exhibited them in her personal, professional life and at the dogs. And I was pretty jealous watching her at the dogs all those years. I thought, oh, it'd be handy having her on your side. <laughs> I'm most actually looking forward to, and I know this is sad, but when I get there and just that roar when the tigers come out, it is really special and they are really loud. We are very loud. And so I'm just really looking forward to hearing everyone and all the, I'm a part of a whole lot of Facebook groups of Richmond fans. Everyone's talking about it. They're all going to be there and they're going to be loud. <laughs> 
from one team that's been a traditional team uh, to one that's quite a new team on the on the AFLW calendar. Um, the Suns are gearing up to join the competition. This week they announced Sam Virgo and Leah Kasler, both former Brisbane Lions who traded Maroon for the red and yellow. It feels like the gauntlet has been thrown for the state mates. We are so excited to welcome Suns head of women's footy from the Suns, Fiona McClarty. We're so thrilled to have you on the line because we haven't spoken to you before, but we know that you've been invested and incredibly um, um, important to the makeup of Queensland footy for such a long time. Can you tell us about your journey to football? Yeah, so this is actually my 20th year working in the AFL industry. I've almost come full circle. I started working as a development officer in the Gold Coast, uh, going out to schools and running Oski programs, had some time in the AFL Queensland State Office across different programs, um, a short stint in Melbourne as a national Oski manager. And then, yeah, most recently, back on the Gold Coast, where I started with the Gold Coast Suns, uh, setting up the women's team ready to come in next week. And I can't actually believe it's next week our first game is finally here. It's extremely exciting. Fiona, this is Kate. We haven't met before, but I grew up on the Gold Coast and I'm extremely interested in uh, and in the fact that you've got a women's team. When I was a kid, I must tell you, nobody knew anything about AFL uh, when, I, when I went to school. It's Rugby League Heartland. Um, but over the last few years, you've had a development academy and I understand that um, a number of the players that are on the, the women's list came up through that academy. How have you generated and fostered that talent in what is traditionally a non-AFL um, ge- uh, geographical space? Yeah, well, that's right. Well, um, I'm a Queensland girl as well, went to school in Brisbane and had no clue what AFL was. I used to watch it for a couple of minutes on TV and change the channel because I <laughs> didn't have an understanding. And I became exposed to it at university through some friends. Um, but yeah, about 20 years ago when the Brisbane Lions started having all that success, the AFL and AFL Queensland invested really heavily into Auskick programs and development. And I suppose that's where the um, groundswell of participations come. And probably about 2006, 2007, AFL Queensland appointed the first female development officer to focus on growing female football and that's why we end up with two teams in Queensland. I suppose they were one of the forefronters in you know, committing to female development, starting to run some talent ID programs for female athletes and now sort of 15 years later we're here with our second team in the national competition. Fiona, it's Nicole here. Um, you are not the first team in Queensland. Are we allowed to say that for the women's team? Yeah, we're the second team. And that's what I'm I'm quite proud of the fact that I think um, the reason the Gold Coast Suns got the licence is because Queensland football is so strong. So we needed another pathway. If if the players out of Queensland just kept going to Brisbane, um, it would have been, Brisbane would have been so strong for the competition. So it's really pleasing that we're going to have two healthy competitive teams based here in in Queensland. Is there there a rivalry there? I mean, I noticed your captain, your newly, one of your uh, newly announced captains, Leah Kasler, has a bit of a history with with uh, Brisbane. So is there, is that a, a rivalry something you foster or is it sort of in the background? Look, I think um, being Queenslanders, we'll, we'll work together at times. Uh, but then obviously when we play each other, it, it's going to be on. Both teams will really want to win and both teams have a lot of pride. And I think you see it across the rest of AFLW. The players, the women are such good mates off-field. Um, you know, they've got such friendships from their community clubs or coming up through different representative pathways. They all know each other so well. But when they take that field, the friendships are almost forgotten and they both really want, you know, they all really want to win and really want to um, show what they can do out there on the field. We are speaking with the Head of Women's Football at the Suns, Fiona McClarty. Fiona, I need some help with a pronunciation of a player who I haven't heard before, Jade Pringledge. Jade Pregelli. Pregelli. Okay, thank you. That's going to help me throughout the season. Can you tell us a story of how you lured Jade to come back to play football for you? Yeah, well, you'll need to know how to pronounce that name. I might be saying it a bit across the season. So Jade, some people refer to her as the Queen of Queensland football. So she actually played in the old Brisbane Women's League competition for a team called the Logan Cobras with Katie Brennan and Astro O'Connor. And Jade won league best and fairest. She represented Queensland numerous times. And then she sort of stepped away to focus on her career. And she's now a member of the um, Australian Defence Force in the Australian Army. Um, I had a chance meeting with her in Townsville uh, probably about 18 months, two years ago, and spoke to her if she had any interest in coming back to the game. And and she didn't at that stage. But she came out and watched the Talent ID Day. And I suppose we just kept having conversations over that time and about 12 months ago I had another conversation with her. She'd started playing some football through the Defence Force AFL programs and through that she sort of decided that it was time to, to give it a crack. So she came and was part of our Winter Series program and 
every training and every game that she had with us, you could just see it coming back to her and her getting better and better. So I'm really excited for her to have the opportunity to play at the top level and see what she's going to be able to do. Fiona, it's Kate again. We were talking before about the players that you've got coming up through the Development Academy. One of the things I notice about the Gold Coast Suns list is that it is a very young list. You've got 19 players, uh, sorry, sorry, 11 of your 30 players under the age of 19. Um, How do you think that list is going to go against some of the more experienced clubs? Yeah, we are quite young, but then we have some balance as well. So we've got the three players over 30 um, and we've got players that played quite a few AFLW games amongst the group to impart their knowledge to those younger players. But if you look at the years they've been playing football, some of those 18, 19-year-olds have actually been playing football for a lot longer than our older players. So their experience, they might not have the maturity age-wise, but their experience in football will stand them in good stead. And I think it's really exciting, not just this year, but for two and three years into the future, if we keep this young group together, what we might be able to achieve. It's interesting seeing that Jamie Stanton, who's about to run out for you, is about to run out for her third startup club because she ran out for the Lions and then for North <laughs> Melbourne last year. Has she been um, giving some advice to the to some of those um, under nine under nineteen year olds? Yeah, she has been. And so Jamie's actually part of our leadership group that was announced yesterday with the captains and she's been fantastic. And you hit the nail on the head, particularly with the younger players. A lot of those 18, 19-year-old girls, um, you can see them sitting around the club talking to Jamie, reaching out to Jamie and her experience she's had and the experience she's brought from two different clubs and two different environments has been really valuable. She's a school teacher as well, a high school teacher. So she, she relates to the, <laughs> the younger kids really well. She knows what TikTok is, is that what you're saying? <laughs> she does. <laughs> Before we yeah, let you go, can you... Can you clear up for us, Fiona? We know that you have a son's mascot that is a man. Do you yes. also have one that is a girl? And what is her name? We do. So our son's uh, male mascot is Sunny Ray and then we have Sky is our female mascot. Oh, so yeah, perfect. She's in the club now. Yeah. That is perfect. You are boasting about all your good weather, but I'll take it. <laughs> That's fine. Fiona, thank you so much for joining us on the Outer Sanctum and good luck for round one. You're playing GWS? We are, yeah, a week today. Very exciting. It's so exciting. Good luck with the week of preparation ahead and we look forward to meeting you. Thank you for having me. Thanks. That was Fiona McClarty from the the Head of Women's Football at the Suns Football Club. I'm Chelsea Randall and you're listening to The Outer Sanctum. If you are a Saints fan... You must be jumping out of your skin because footy's going to be back at Moorabbin. You can text us on 0437 774 774 or call us on 1300-222-774. There are some amazing women who have been pioneers in football. They are revered groundbreakers and history makers. One such person is the inaugural coach of the St Kilda AFLW team. It is Peter Searle, OAM, if you don't mind. Peter, welcome to the Outer Sanctum. How are you? Yeah, thank you. Um, Yeah, I'm travelling pretty well. I'm a bit exhausted, to be honest, at this stage. But uh, we had a big jumper launch last night and we're hitting it up from Matsim this morning and... um, no doubt there'll be a bit of emotional build-up this week. Emotional build-up and, of course, um, we always find this with AFLW that the weather plays uh, a whole, a starring role in it. Last night was super hot. How were the players holding up? Did you have Gatorade showers for them last night? Yeah, well, it was meant to be a rooftop party um, and uh, we kind of got bored inside a bit, but, no, look, the girls are pretty good. Uh, we had a lot of ice cream trucks available, etc. So I'm not sure if the girls got stuck into it, but my uh, I think my kids had about six ice creams. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I copied them. Uh, Peter, it's Tess here. I, I grew up in a St Kilda family, and the the excitement is palpable amongst St Kilda people. How? Mm-hmm. What's the feedback you're getting from the fans, particularly about going back to Moorabbin? Oh, look, yeah, it's it's just such a spiritual place for us, isn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. um, I was a Kilda fan and probably part of my speech last night was around, but I remember it was about, you know, finding a real sense of belonging and being at peace when you're at Moorabbin in terms of a kid just being able to run around and fill the cardboard boxes <laughs> from the bar and slide down <laughs> their heels and, you know, play kick to kick to all hours because your parents were in the social club rooms and, so it's just, uh, look, and, and it really resonated with a lot in the crowd because, um, you know, that's what we knew and that's what we grew up with. So to be able to bring footy back there and, and, and create, a you know, a, a new sense of belonging for a new generation is really exciting. Hi, Peter. It's Nicole here. I'm just wondering how you harness all of that or for the players and not let them kind of get carried away <laughs> or are you feeding off of it? Is that part of the strategy for this week? 
Yeah, no, look, I think um, it's certainly something that the fans and the club should carry, um, and we need to try and normalise things as much as possible for the players. The, you know, we don't have to talk about it too much because everyone else is. Um, so, to be honest, I've probably went the, a little bit the other way because, you know, the excitement around it, round one, everyone wants to play. Um, you know, I just said to them, it's not a grand final. It's round one at the start <laughs> of our journey. Um, you know, so I find if you put too much on that first round, um, you know, it's pretty hard to pick them up. So, if you can just create perspective around it, uh, I think that's the best way to go. You say it's not a grand final for round one. I saw a bit of the St Kilda practice match against Carlton and it was so fierce, Peter. Was that the instruction or was it just that you couldn't hold them back? Oh, look, I think uh, whenever you, you know, that you've played against each other for the last two or three weeks and, um, you know, they they don't quite go in the same hard. You look after your teammates, they don't tackle the same intensity, they don't launch at the ball the same way. So for them, I think it was like releasing the shackles, an opportunity <laughs> to actually play footy and, and play with a bit more freedom. Peter, you've got such an eye for talent and you've been in this game for such a long time. Who of your young crop <laughs> is impressing you the most, maybe unexpectedly? Oh, geez. We're actually a pretty even group, Um which is which has done you know which has worked really well for our culture. There's no big superstars. There's no. It's we're just we're quite an even group. But um, having said that, you know the young the younger players have come in and certainly have demonstrated that they're going to be very good players for us down the track. And um, you know young Tani White, she's she's a, she's an exceptional kid. We drafted her. She was 18. Two days later, she drove down from Queensland. <laughs> And the day after, she got herself a job at a local bar. So I was like, <laughs> if you talk about a kid that's driven, she's certainly one of them. But, uh... We are speaking with Peter Searle, the coach of St Kilda AFLW team. Peter, as Tess just alluded to, you've been in the game for a long time. I'm curious to know, of all of the players in the AFL, in the AFLW, how many mm-hmm. have you coached before? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But, you know, I think that first year uh, when, when AFLW was launched and, you know, we weren't part of it. St Kilda weren't part of it. But uh, to some re- um, respect, it was really positive because I could just actually go and not have to have a stake in it. But I could go and, and just watch, uh, I guess, all these girls that I've coached just perform really well on the big stage, but also not just on the big stage. The way, they, the way that they've held themselves, you know, in the media and conducted themselves and really traded, I guess, a cult for women's footy. It was almost, you know, it was like a proud parent, but I could be whatever game I went to, I could be proud because there was always someone there that I'd coach. <laughs> uh, speaking of mixing it up, um, as a Hawk fan, I do notice that there's a little <laughs> bit of a pattern there in some of your recruiting, including yeah. your coaching staff. Um, Paddy yeah. Hill's an assistant coach there, and he was the Hawks VFLW coach, um, like Hawks slash Box Hill. But also, you've got some of our players, former players, Ow. Rosie, Dylan, I know Al, well, because we were the number one ticket holders for the VFLW <laughs> Hawks team. Mm. But Rosie and Tamara, so what... Um, was that a deliberate plan, or is that were you working with no. Patty over that? Yeah, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> you know, Rosie was obviously, you know, she had a stellar year, so she was she was someone that we were thinking about uh, long before um, Patty. Um, Matthew, we made the trade for I think, you know, three months before yeah. before um, even the start of VFL competition. So there was, you know, a few things that were already in the pipeline. Um, in terms of Tamara Luke, to be honest, uh, that was late, um, but it wasn't wasn't a Paddy's uh, influence. It was more when I played against her as an opposition coach. It was like, and she was a four. It was like she was one that always was I was always worried about. It was like, you know she's really strong hand. She leads up at the ball pretty well and uses it, you know her strong body. And so it was for me. She was always like, who do I match up? Who do I match up? But we've got three key forwards. Uh, Peter, next Sunday is your first game and you come up against the Dogs, coached yep. by the ABC's own Nathan Burke and a St Kilda legend. You know Berkey pretty well. Have you got the edge over him? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> Berkey was my assistant for two years. Yes. And then I went and watched his game the other week and I'm like, oh, yeah, they're playing a bit similar to some of the stuff we used to do. <laughs> 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 How's the trash talking with Berkey? Yeah, no, we probably haven't had any trash talk, but you can imagine the competitive juices. Oh, um, yeah. You know, look, yeah, look, uh, I just want to win. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, we look Pretty forward simple. we look forward yep. to seeing a fierce St Kilda side run out and make history and really take it to Nathan Burke's doggies <laughs> in um, in round one. Thank you so much for Thank joining you. us on the Outer Sanctum today, Peter. Appreciate that. Have a great day. Peter Searle, the coach of the AFLW team there. And if you are a Sainter and getting so excited about footy being back at Moorabbin, it's going to matter. It's that beautiful local footy. It's going to be incredible. We would love to hear from you. I'm Ali Blackburn and you're listening to the Yadda Sanctum. We put the call out, what did Moorabbin mean to you? And we're getting so many SMSs through, some lovely romantic ones, Kate. Oh, they're beautiful. So uh, we, got a, we got a text in from Neil who says, Moorabbin was like a second home, watching training after school every Tuesday and Thursday, watching most home games, later the disco every Friday, <laughs> snooker every Wednesday after work and squash on Saturday morning. And in summer, I played cricket for Moorabbin. Our club rooms were the visitors' change rooms, which is just such a uh, beautiful memory. Um, we also had a text come in from Catherine who was listening to our earlier conversation about trying to remember the conferences and Catherine says, I've tried writing bad poetry to maybe remember the conferences. So here's a haiku for A. Uh, she says, a giant passion, all cats bask in the north sun as the crows fly by. And for conference B, a haiku, be saint or demon, blue sky, eagles and pies soar, bringing dogs to docks. Not I, think bad, that's, I think that's pretty good. I also just want to give a shout out to Nadia, who's texted us. She's listening from Denmark. Hello, oh, Nadia. How okay. lovely to have you on board. AFLW going international. And thanks to everyone getting involved on Twitter, including um, the Carlton Cheers God. They've taken <laughs> issue. You know, we, Kate Sheen was here before, and I'm I'm ready to cop my Richmond bias, but they said, listen to Outer Sanctum this morning, where Kate Sheen claims Richmond will turn Princess Park yellow and black this Friday. Pfft. Let's show the new kids on the block how it's done and pack out our spiritual home and get behind the Carlton Football Club with a sea of navy blue. I can't oh, wait for that. I think we've got the answer to the rivalry question. Question. It's well and truly there even for the women's as well. It's some men's, big, it? big cheer squad mm. energy calling Richmond the new kids on the, the block, block. <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> I thought, hang on. Oh, but I'm happy to take that. And um, there was another lovely text as well about Moorabbin where a couple had had their first date there oh. and they're actually heading, heading along. In 1973, I think their first date was. In 1973, was. for the record, Richmond lost. We're still together and still go to the footy together next Friday. We'll be there to here on the AFLW hashtag Go Tigers. PS, great to have you back on the airways. Thank you, romantic. You know, person. it's true love when your team loses, but you still end up together. I think that <laughs> makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Absolutely true. Hey, we are in our fifth season of the Outer Sanctum, and one early adopter to the show was um, our next guest. She's the inaugural coach of the Fremantle Dockers, and she's now traded her purple anchor for her blue and gold wings. We welcome Michelle Cowan to the Outer Sanctum. How are you, Mish? I'm oh, very well. Thanks for having me. Oh, Michelle, we're heading into another season. You've got a whole lot of new players under your wings. How are they going? Yeah, it's going really well. Um, absolutely loving loving it down at the footy club. And, yeah, the girls are really excited. It's probably been somewhat a short but a bit of a, a long pre-season um, at the same time. So they're ready to play footy and, and play some games. So. Looking forward to Vic Park next week. What's the um, what's your role in uh, uh, in the coaching panel? Yeah, I'm on the forwards coach, so hopefully we're um, getting on the end of a few and, and kicking a few goals and and kicking a good score, and it's going to make a bit of a spectacle. But um, really enjoying the role. I've got a, a core group of girls that um, looking after, and yeah, it's been it's been fantastic to probably take that little bit of a, a step back in regards to it and um, have a have a great influence but have a really good balance at the same time. Mish, it's Kate here. I'm really interested in the fact that obviously you're having a, a West Coast Eagles team come into the competition for the first time and whether there will be the same kind of rivalry between the Eagles and Frio that there is in the men's competition. I know, for instance, that Dana Hooker, she's joined you. She used to be at Frio and she's come across. Is that, is that sort of thing going to be seen as a sort of sacrilege in the women's competition or is there is there not quite that strong culture of um, rivalry just yet in the women's comp? Oh, I think the rivalry will um, certainly be there, but I think what people understand is is the fact that we're in an expanding competition and and the rules that come along with expansion. So, uh, not only Dana, a number of girls have come along to to West Coast, but I'm sure come round two when we're at Optus Stadium and and that ball gets bounced, that rivalry will be hot, and um, both teams will be be there to um, put on a spectacle, spectacle, but also win the four points. So. 
Um, yeah, it's, it's exciting. I think within the first hour we sold nearly 15,000 tickets to wow. that game That's at Optus am- Stadium. So if we can get a full house, it'll be amazing. That's amazing, Mish. It's Nicole here. So how has the experience been from, you know, you've started at, at Frio and as a new club and now the expansion team, the West Coast. How different has the experience been? Do you feel like the newer clubs have learned from the experience of the, the legacy ones? Yeah, definitely. I think West Coast probably really upset at the time of not winning the licence. But um, in hindsight, when they look back on it and reflect, had an opportunity for three years to really build the foundations of a really strong program. So uh, for me to walk into West Coast and, and the work that the likes of Adam Selwood and, and Luke Dwyer and, and Jan Cooper as well. Imagine you're going to work every day with mm. Jan Cooper. <laughs> um, it's pretty, I've got to pinch myself every Monday, Wednesday and Friday. But um, it's it's been in, incredible that, um, you know, they've put a lot of work into it and now reflect back on it. Um, that they've got a really strong program um, due to the way that, um, yeah, having that extra time to set it up. We are speaking with Michelle Cowan from the West Coast Eagles. Michelle, we've seen um, in the last couple of weeks a few players have had to um, make announcements about whether they're stepping away from football or stepping away from their full-time jobs to make the AFLW um, a competition that they can either compete in or to focus on their careers. I'm interested that last week uh, the West Coast Eagles, did you travel to play the Tigers? And how does the travel affect people who are still working Mm full-time and also preparing for AFLW? Yeah, I think that we, we did travel, played Richmond in our, in our practice game. And I guess what the club tries to do is make sure that there's minimal impact on the girls' work lives in, in regards to that as well. So we'll travel early on a Saturday morning and, and we're back on a Sunday night, um, which is really taxing, I guess, on the girls that have to go to work on, on that Monday or um, throughout that whole week as well. But try and prepare them that they've got advance notice as well so if there's opportunity to either take work off on the Monday um, so they can recover and and then hopefully you know that the money that they get paid through their AFLW can maybe subsidise that um, work um, leave with no pay if they have to take that Um, and you know just like Kate said before it's just part of the the patience of a growing competition as we um, look to get the girls full time in the future. Uh, Mish, it's Kate again. We've got people tuning on, for, tuning in from all across Australia and across the world, including, of course, a number of West Coast Eagles fans. But for those listeners who don't know anything about the women's team, just shoot us a few names of players that you're really excited to see make the field for the first time this year. Yeah, we've got um, a great mix of girls with AFLW experience like Emma Swanson from GWS and, and Dana Hooker as well, who probably play through our midfield, but um, some young new names we've got uh, in the forward line, Tani Tester, who's um, really hungry for the footy and really dangerous when she's around the ball and fantastic to watch. We've got some girls from Hawthorne as well that you're probably aware of. <laughs> Here we of. go. <laughs> <laughs> um, Chantella. Chantella and, and Talia, who uh, bring exceptional uh, leadership to our group uh, as well. And it's been fantastic to have such a diverse group of girls from Neve um, and, and Grace from Ireland, um, through to uh, a few girls from over over in Melbourne as well, and, and all over WA. And the club's done it incredibly well to bring these girls together. And um, it, there's an incredible feeling amongst this group, and and a feeling that I've had in the past in, in my coaching uh, career. And yeah, there's there's a different sense with this group, and just loving being a part of it. And yeah, I'm excited about what we can achieve. Michelle, we're going to let you go, but um, best of luck. You're playing Collingwood at Victoria Park, which is one of the scariest sentences that you can say. Um, How are you feeling about taking on this very um, well-supported and vocal Victorian team? Yeah, we'll we'll embrace that. We'll be ready for it. Um, The girls are hungry for it after the few months that they've had to prepare for it. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to getting over there. We had our trial run with that Richmond game with everything around the same time as well. So it's a one ten game at Vic Park and, yeah, we'll, we'll be absolutely ready and we just can't wait to be part of AFLW. Thank you very much for joining us, Michelle. We cannot wait to see you um, during the season. Um, but very best of luck. Wonderful. Thanks, girls. Thanks very much. That was Michelle Cowan there from the West Coast Eagles. We put out the call for Saints supporters and we've got Yvette on the line. Yvette, were you at the jumper launch? I was at the jumper launch oh. uh, last night uh, with Peter Shaw. I gave her a big hug and told her <laughs> I've got great confidence in the girls and, 
and talk to my first. I've never sponsored a player before, but I've sponsored Darcy Guthridge this year. She played for Collingwood and uh, now she's a Saint. So I'm very excited. Will, All is will you be at every home game, Yvette? Yes, I will definitely. And I was uh, talking to Jamie Fox, and he said members get to be in the shaded spot in front of the new uh, the <laughs> new room. So I'm even happier because I hate the heat. So <laughs> Luke will be in the shade. So you have to sign up to be a Saints member to actually get into the shaded spot. Yvette, who have you been following? Who did you take on as a team before your Saints well, came in? I was a member of um, Bulldogs for the first two years. Yeah. My sister Janice is a Bulldog. So, so I was at their jumper launch right at the beginning. And so I supported them for the first two years. And I had North Melbourne and Bulldogs the third year because some of the Southern, uh, Southern, Southern Saints went there and, mm. and also some of the St Kilda Sharks who I've been following for four years. So these girls are everywhere. So I supported them at North Melbourne. But now St Kilda's there. I'm just all in St Kilda because they're my people. This is very exciting. Yeah. We we are loving hearing how excited you are, Yvette. Very best of luck for the season. Thanks for calling me out of Sanctum. Not a problem. Bye, girls. My Hawthorne heart just has so much FOMO. It's actually just, it's crushing me. But I am a blue in the oh. AFLW, Kate. Well, what's really beautiful is that we're, we're just being inundated with text messages from listeners who are having um, nostalgia for Moorabbin <laughs> and are really excited about the Saints coming back in. Sandy the Sainter says, Moorabbin, plugger, 893 <laughs> goals. I think I saw them all. Also, Jeff from Bendigo. He says, I'm absolutely thrilled to be heading back to Moorabbin. As a uni student in the early 70s when not playing myself, I'd get there to stand in the animal enclosure. <laughs> a few visits from the bush in the 60s also to see the docks, Dewey and others, and he has uh, other great memories. And also Lisa from Ballarat texted us. She said, Moorabbin football ground was integral to my formative years. I lived six houses away in Dactyl Road, and, and as an eight-year-old, I would wander up after school and watch training. We would go to nearly every game, and now at 53, I'm still in touch with my friend from across the road. Hi, Louisa, she oh, says. Bring it on. <laughs> I love that it's going to be such a community hub, and they've really opened up Moorabbin to let people in. We've been so excited to be back. The excitement is palpable. AFLW Season 4 kicks off at 7.45 next Friday night with Richmond playing Carlton. Make sure you get a footy, grab a friend and get to a game. We do want to lock out. Thanks so much to our <laughs> guests today, Kate Sheehan, Peter Searle, Michelle Cowan, Fiona McLarty, my co-host Tess Nicole, uh, Kate and our producer Nick. You can follow us on all our socials. We will be talking all week and getting pumped up for Season 4 and uh, thank you for all your calls and texts. We love hearing from you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.